Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in, oh Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello, welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. I'm Charles and joining me to discuss the Cobblers' defeat down in Plymouth and all the latest news coming out of Sixfields are Chesie, Danny and Neil. But before we get into it, let me just remind you that our first fans get together for our Patreon supporters is happening this Wednesday. That That's this Wednesday if you're listening to this on Tuesday or Wednesday when it first comes out, the 21st of October from eight o'clock in the evening. This is the first of our fan meetups where we can get together and chat cobblers. So if you want to join us, then just go ahead, sign up at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me, and then check in the posts and it'll have all the details in there once Neil gets his act together and creates a Zoom meeting. Right, let's get into the show. Hi guys, how are you? Good. <laughs> really silent. <laughs> Bit like Brilliant. tumbleweed, just as if we were playing Plymouth again. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you like my little hint there in the intro, Neil? Uh, I wasn't listening, Charles. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good. That's fairly standard, right? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. That is Neil. Uh, Zoom meeting, eight o'clock Wednesday night. 
with all the Patreon members, yeah? Oh, that this, that, this Wednesday, is it? That's, yeah, this Wednesday, like I've just said in the uh, intro, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, are you, yeah, I'll get it sorted, mate, no problem. Good stuff, brilliant. Um, right then, Plymouth, Argyle, Saturday, was at three o'clock. Um, we lost. But before we lost, we upset the entire fan base of Plymouth Argyle, didn't we, Jesse? We or me? <laughs> God bless their souls. I think they thought I was having a go at them, which I was quite disappointed with, actually. I was actually praising them for how good they were. No, but um, they lost their uh, they lost the marbles a little bit, didn't they? God bless them. They, uh, I think they thought that they, at, uh, well, they just had a bit of a meltdown over, over my small quote. But, uh, yeah, it caused a bit of a stir, didn't it? But funnily enough, though, I'm surrounded by Plymouth fans who still think that they ain't doing well. So I'm not quite sure what's going on with Twitter. Can you just clarify it, Jeffrey? You're not in any danger at the minute, are you? So you're surrounded by Plymouth fans. So they come outside your house with, like, pitchforks and stuff. (laughs) Imagine. Do we need to come rescue you from an army of Bristol Rovers fan Pete the Plumber is jumping to my defence. Don't you worry. Go on, PTP. Yeah, PTP, <laughs> the absolute legend. Never crosses allegiance unless it comes to Plymouth. He doesn't like Plymouth. Oh, <laughs> maybe we should have put that on the uh, Twitter post. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, we lo- I love Plymouth fans. They're brilliant. God bless them. They just got a bit confused the other day. They listened yeah, just... to the pod. They probably would have worked out a bit more and probably understood that I was actually complimenting them. Strange, I know. Yeah, just to clarify, if you didn't see it, we, I, I basically we put out a, a tweet just to try and give you know the the pod a bit of a bit of promo before the game, and promo. I included <laughs> something that yeah, something that Jeffy had actually said on last week's pod about the Plymouth fans not necessarily being a hundred percent. Well, I don't know; they just wanted demanding more, weren't they? Is what you were of, saying? Of, yeah, they, of the club they, as they a want whole. to be in the yeah. championship, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't meant as anything you know thing, and you know. Yeah, it was a bit clickbaity, but that's the point of it, isn't it? And Absolutely. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was a great morning. <laughs> it did seem to trigger a few people that were Plymouth fans who just basically just got involved on social media. So thanks very much. And if you're listening now, hi. Hi, Plymouth fans. Uh, you can laugh at us. That's fine. I fully expected you to be laughing at us, but I can confirm you can now laugh at us. That's fine. Yeah, um, other laughing that was actually going on on Saturday was probably at the lineup that BDK put out at two o'clock on Saturday. I don't think we were quite expecting a few of those names on the team sheet, were we, Neil? Uh, who weren't you expecting? Sean McWilliams, for one, I would say. That's a good shout. He was supposed to be going on loan, wasn't he? Yeah, strange how it's gone from being, well, you know, one minute. Oh, he'll go on out on loan to get some match fitness, and you know he's recovered for what is it nine, nine or ten months out? Bless you, Chevy. Sorry, I couldn't um, mute in time. <laughs> that's all right. Um, and then he's straight into the starting lineup, and yeah, it was odd that wasn't it? Unexpected. Yeah, strange one. He did quite well though, didn't he? I thought he was our best player, to be honest with you. Yeah, he was. He was definitely up there. I think it was a strange old formation really wasn't it and team selection overall because he dropped Harry Smith didn't he essentially played Danny Rose up front on his own yeah he spent more time defending I thought than actually attacking yeah he did the old Scott McLeish didn't he of like you said spending too much time in our half (laughs) yeah it was that on football manager I think you can set 
like uh, one of the roles of a striker is a defensive forward. He was more like a, a, a sweeper forward in a way, wasn't he? <laughs> Always just tracking. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think on the commentary, was it Gareth Wilshire that was on? And Gareth said he was doing his defensive duties. And I thought, mm, he's a striker. Why is he in our own box? Yeah, I don't really like Gareth Wilshire on co-commentary. <gasps> I know we're going off on a tangent, but... Massive tangent. Well, maybe we'll come back to that. Um <laughs> You say what you want. It's just Gareth. Gareth will be listening. No, I know. Be, and I like Gareth. He'll now, he'll now be sad. <laughs> well, I don't mean to make him sad. So let's not go there. I really like him on commentary, actually. Well, why don't you marry him, Jeffy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like him Is on he commentary. Is he an editor a bachelor? <laughs> I think he's really good. I think he um, he doesn't shout and scream. And that hurts my ears when people do that. So I quite like when Gareth people do that, quite calm. When specific he people is. do that. <laughs> I agree. He is. He he's very calm, and actually, the way he, he presents himself is great. But he has the most Northamptonshire accent I've ever heard in my life. Oh, I don't know. The problem um, is Pete Walton's got a good one. Yeah, Pete Walton's definitely there. If we're going to have a championship of Northamptonshire accents, <laughs> Pete Walton versus Gareth Wilshire. What do we reckon? Yeah, Pete Walton can't, can't make a decision though, can he? Oh yeah, but. Uh, I can't listen to Pete Walton without hearing his Wembley commentary now. I think that just goes down in folklore now. He's yeah. a little bit at the end of Wembley. He got so excited. It's a bit like Terry it. Angus at Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. completely different kind of scale, but yeah. I can't help but love him after that. But, you yeah, know, I, I thought the comms was all right, actually. But I think that it's... I think they do... Oglethorpe and Wilshire, not necessarily just Wilshire, but just because he was on on Saturday, and they do try and, and endear the the players in the team to us and really you know uh, I think they have to because that's their job and it's the BBC but frankly it was a bit of a mess on Saturday. It's the difference isn't it between getting someone who's not connected to the club at all as co-commentator but as mm. someone who is obviously deeply connected with the club. He, Gareth can't criticise the players or anything he has to dress up. I think there was a time when Sam Hoskins had a mare, a complete mare and Gareth was trying to justify it. And I was just like, just call it what it was. It was crap. Yeah. Can I also... <laughs> it's okay. You can call it crap. Yeah. Can I just clarify? Um, the commentary wasn't a mess. I was talking about the pitch, like the, the, the players on the pitch. I thought it was a oh, bit of a mess. It wasn't Gareth and um, <laughs> Tim's commentary. That wasn't a mess. That was absolutely fine. But I think... I they, don't go to think... another starter, Jeffy. I know. Oh, you yeah. imagine? <laughs> Gareth, Gareth emails. We're Gareth not Wilson's allowing you fans. to... <laughs> yeah, imagine. But um, no... Uh... Just with the club constantly tweeting <laughs> us this week. Going, yeah. No, don't agree. I can't believe you're saying that. Clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, they tried to endear the players to us and... And like Neil said, kind of justify it as opposed to it was a little bit of a mess on the pitch from the players. And I would often like someone just to say that. But I do think Gareth is a very level-headed commentator and I do enjoy his commentary because it gives a fairly honest account of what's going on on the pitch, even if it is slightly biased because that's his job. I think, you know, that if we were winning 5-0, you wouldn't really care. Oh, absolutely. you'd You'd actually probably take in what he's saying a little bit more. But because... You know, at the time with where a lot of it was, and don't get me wrong, I don't actually think we were as we didn't we weren't as bad as um, as we have been this season. I would say against Plymouth, I don't there think were, we were very were good. Times, though. no, 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 I know, but uh, there were times when you know I, I did think to myself, this isn't actually that bad. I I just kind of I, I don't know. You do you do almost just want somebody to just 
go, no, stop talking at this point. We can all see it's rubbish. Don't justify it. We can see it's rubbish. Let us make up our own minds kind of thing. But I appreciate that they're also, you know, working for a, for a radio or audience as much as they are with iFollow these days. So their primary concern is going to be the audience that can't see anything, um, which is one of those. But let, let's actually go and talk about the game. No. I mean, I, I, I went back and, and looked through the WhatsApp chat earlier on from, from us. and Must have been fun. Uh, well, it wasn't very. Um, <laughs> but I did put, at one point, I did write, actually, that this was worse than last week. But Worse than last week? Yeah, I put, this is worse than last week. I think this must have been when we were about, when we were 1-0 down. And in the first half, I, I didn't actually think it was very, very good. But maybe that was passion coming through. You've, you've watched it back, haven't you, Danny? Yeah, because I didn't watch it just at the time, now. I've watched it back, recorded, and yeah. I was all ready to. After our WhatsApp conversations, I was ready to go all in again. <laughs> so, so I'll watch it. I'll give, I'll give it a watch back. You know, I've got to spare ninety minutes in my life, obviously. Um, uh, yeah, it, I thought it was better than last week, um, considerably. Actually, in terms of the way we passed the ball, how we moved the ball between the lines, and got got the ball moving a little bit better. We didn't hoof it. We didn't try and go direct. Probably because Harry Smith wasn't playing, um, but I just felt we were kind of moving around and creating stuff a little bit better than last week. I thought it was just the sloppy moments that cost us. And other than that, I thought even like we'll talk about it a bit later probably. But even at one all, we probably could have won it. Um, it was yeah, it was just um, it was just frustrating because the, the the single moments just let us down at the back again. Um, um, which is happening quite a lot now. We need to address it pretty quickly, otherwise we're going to be cast adrift. See, I think that um, Danny Danny's right in everything he's saying, but what I'm alarmed by is that I'm not really buying this, you know, it's a step up to League Two, these players have got to gel. I, I don't really buy that at the moment. Um, for me, it's the real basics that are missing, which is worrying me because I'm sat there and I'm looking at them not being able to defend a corner. I'm looking at them simply not putting anything, really, any meaningful attempt on goal, which is massively disappointing, but also really frustrating because we could have put Bristol Rovers to bed. Frankly, we could have put Plymouth to bed as well because they weren't that good, really. So it just was, it's a case of actually doing the basics that Keith Curl did instill last year and it's like Neil said last week we've really lost that and and the defending the level of defending I think is worse than League Two um, and I and I, I think the personnel that we've got in that defence are a real issue because it is spiralling down the squad and therefore we're losing confidence and we're leaking goals like no tomorrow. One of the things that I know we're going to talk about in the post bag in a bit is about Steve Arnold's role in in some of these goals, or not some of the goals, both goals that were on today. But I I, I do wonder how much this chopping and changing of the defence. I think Danny, you said something about it last week, and we just need maybe a stable defence to just you know a run of X amount of games for the same back five or however many. Keith decides he's going to play. I mean, we do keep changing the roles, don't we? And and partly that's going to be down to the fact that 
you know, it's a brand new back three, isn't it, Neil? Uh, yeah, it is a brand new back three. I think the problem is that we're just not good enough. I don't think we can pick apart, giving them time to gel. We can pick apart the odd mistake here or there and all that sort of stuff. I just don't think we're good enough. So I, I think we're in it for the long haul this season, unfortunately. Do you think we'll get better, though? Because James Hennigan said something on Twitter earlier today. He was talking about actually zonal marking and the corner situation and stuff. But he said that, go back to sort of a year ago, or at least this sort of same stage of the season last year, and and the same conversations were being had about the, the, the merits of zonal marking. And yet, actually, it got better once the players had, had started to, or you know, had basically learned from the mistakes that they'd made, and, and we got better, and, and people stopped moaning about it so much. I don't want to have a conversation about zonal marking specifically, but just in, in general, do you not think that they'll, as they get to know each other, the more games that they'll play, then then they should get better, I'd, or will it be too late? I'd like to think that that would be the case, but I think what's slightly more alarming this season um, is that the defence don't seem to have the basic idea of how to defend which sounds quite offensive really towards them no no but I mean that on a genuine level because you had the likes of Charlie Goode and Jordan Turnbull last year who although zonal marking was massively letting that squad down they were commanding in the defensive areas of the pitch and they had good communication with Dyke or now okay we weren't doing as well but there weren't these glaring errors constantly week in week out I can't seem to recall since we began in League One where we haven't made some really costly damaging defensive errors through human error which does happen but you can't have that at League One football every week because we didn't have that last year and that I think is the big difference Um, the the actual defence and the way that they functioned was there it was just getting them over that hurdle and getting them to really work together as a team which they did really well eventually obviously proven because we went up but I honestly don't believe that the people that we've got in the defence are the people to do that because the mistakes that are being made I don't think can be unlearned I just don't think they have got the composure when, when they're up against League One players, I really don't. There is no composure on the ball. And like you've got Kean Bolger, who's supposed to be our captain, and he's dilly-dallying in his own penalty area with the ball at his feet instead of just clearing it. And then when he does clear it, he clears it as a corner when it could be cleared, you know, 10 yards down the pitch. So it's, it's decision-making. And Keith Curl talked about this so many ta- times last year. Decision-making, decision-making, decision-making. It's like, what more can he do? You know, what more can he do? He, You need to make those decisions on the pitch and they need to be good decisions because League One, you'll just get caught out. Do you not think, though, that it's got to be, you know, a confidence thing as much as anything? Yeah, but it, we, oh, frankly, we ain't got time for that, Charles. We haven't we're we're only six games in. Yeah, we're only we're, six games in. I know it's October, but we are only six games in. But the, the difference is that we're in a much more competitive league. And if we do not get those points, we will fall away really quickly. We just haven't got time for that. Look at Bristol Rovers, right? When we played Bristol Rovers two weeks ago, they were bottom of the league. Now they're what, 12th, 13th? That's yeah, but how you say they were changed. bottom of the league. We, we were like, what, three games in? 
Yeah, but what? No, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't even be looking at the league table at three games in. It doesn't matter. Nothing. You know. I mean, I I know it's a massive cliche to say this, but the league table doesn't actually start to look the way, generally speaking, it will do come the end of the season until you're at least sort of one third, maybe a little bit longer than that, closer to a half of the way into the season. You know, you'll only only at that point will you actually start to see right those teams are going to be in the top half and those teams are going to be in the bottom half and then those teams are going to be fighting it out against relegation and for playoffs, etc. It, it, it takes a little while because of the fact, as you, you know, you're rightly saying, the Bristol Rovers situation was that they were bottom of the league, but two wins in a row and they're now well up there again. And Posh, Posh were, you know, Posh didn't win their first two games. And we were laughing because both them and Oxford were basically in the bottom two. And now Posh are, what, fourth? Yeah, fourth. I mean, we're six games in. Yeah, but we're not very good. But we're not very good. That's exactly right, Neil. Yeah, we're not very good. I don't think we're good enough at the minute. But if you look at, like, Plymouth weren't very good at all, really. They beat us, which we beat ourselves, really, more than them beating us. Mm -hmm. And Bristol Rovers weren't very good. Like, they were... They were poor, I thought, as well. The only two teams that have looked like they've got anything about them, Hull looked half decent, and Peterborough looked like they were in first gear and probably could have gone up another couple of gears. They weren't that impressive, but then they didn't need to be. So you know, I think you're right, Charles. It does take a while for the league table to, to form and stuff. The problem is, I just I don't think we're good enough, and I think, essentially, that's going to be the problem throughout the season. Yeah, they will improve, and yes... People will get to know their jobs better and things will, will probably get slightly tighter at the back. But then other teams are going to improve as the season goes on as well. So it will probably balance itself out in that respect. Do you not, do you not think, though, that there must come a time when... I mean, I, it doesn't feel like anyone's really panicking at this moment in time, apart from the fans. I will say, you know, I, I'm not thinking about us and fans or anything Keith Curl isn't really changing his, you know, the way he talks and the things that he talks about. He's he's still coming out with the same kind of things that he always does. There's there's no sense of panic. It doesn't feel coming out of the club. There's no I, there's no talk really of of we need to get this win. Although having said that, Steve Arnold did go up for a corner in the last minute of the game. <laughs> that was funny. There's That's no it, there's man. no panic and no talk of it because. Essentially, I think part of us is has planned for being back in League Two. Do you think, really? I think so. <clears throat> I think the, the way looking at the the people we've we've bought in, you can't tell me that that the players we've bought in are are League One ready players. They're not. Whether you, however you dress it up and whatever positive spin you put on it, and and all that sort of stuff, they're they're not. They're not. Some of them aren't. Look, I mean, Fraser Horsfall. We came from Macclesfield. And I know we had this kind of conversation, similar conversation when we signed for Dane Oliver from Morecambe, wasn't it? Was it Morecambe? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's too many of them this time, I think. I think generally, you know, if you're looking to get up from League One, if you're looking to get up from League Two, right, generally you'll sign a few from, uh, a, a, you know, the bulk of your players that have got League One experience that, you know, are perhaps not wanted by their League One clubs to help you get out of League Two and then same approach, next step up. Uh, but we've not really done that this time. I think it's, I, I just got a big, and it, it's probably just my negativity and how I feel about it at the moment and stuff. But it just feels mm. to me, and I'm sure the club won't have done this. Obviously they won't have done it, but, and, but that's just what it feels like that 
all right, look, we've, we're lucky we're in League One. Things worked out well for us in the playoffs. Let's just have this season. If we stay up, great. If we don't, let's make sure we've got a competitive team ready to bounce back when fans are back in the ground and things are back to normal so we can do it properly. I do think that um, it's important to note that we have obviously gone up. We've we've spent X amount of money um, and we are hopeful that we'll stay in League One. But I think what we need to remember is the conversation we had time and time again uh, last time we went up is that not enough was made of the first season when we survived and just surviving is okay so we're sat here all really doom and gloom and yes we've won uh, we've lost four on the bounce and we you know we could have won a couple of those games but equally as well we're at a a point and a level where we need to literally just get through this season and see where it goes and not go down. And that would be deemed as a success, I feel, because, you know, given what's going on, um, given the fact that we went up in the playoffs really unexpectedly, I would say we were, you know, least favourite. And I think Keith can do a good job with this squad. And as long as he keeps us in that league and we keep him as our manager, we will be okay and that will be a positive end to the season what we don't want to do is start spiraling and being constantly negative we kind of need to expect these results having said that obviously we 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 do have to be negative and reflective but we do need to expect some we need to lower our expectations slightly I think. Danny is it all doom and gloom for you? No it's not a doom and gloom it's not all happiness and light or whatever the opposite of doom and gloom is is that right is that the right Oh, yeah. Why not? Let's, yeah, yeah. Go, let's go with it. Let's roll with it. Um, let's have some happiness and light. Go it's on. somewhere in between. I mean, I'm not. I'm not panicking. Yeah, I don't. Like I said earlier, I saw a little bit um, of positivity watching it back. Probably helped watching it back on a Monday morning rather than a, um, rather than live because it takes all the kind of emotions out of it that that I would have been feeling at the time. I probably wouldn't have been the same as you thinking. You know, you just focus on the negatives. You, you focus on the mistakes that happen. You focus on. Um, the goals that go in, but actually, all around, I thought we were okay, um, and I think we were unlucky to lose. We were when we when we got to one one, we had our chances to go and win it. And as I was watching, I was thinking, if I was watching this live, I'd be thinking, actually, we could go in and nick the points. And if they didn't look particularly good, like Neil said, like Plymouth didn't look a, a great team. And just the annoyance is that we've just let ourselves down in those one moments. And I think. That's the that's the bit that we need to change and work on is the concentration for ninety minutes because we haven't been doing it. We haven't been concentrating for ninety minutes, and we can get away with it in League Two. We can't get away with it here. Um, Kian Bolger, I think, is improving slowly. I, I feel like he's he's getting there in terms of what we wanted him to be. He didn't turn into a bad player overnight. He's played for a Lincoln team that pushed for the top places last season. He's you know, he's been playing these couple of divisions for quite a little while in his career, so he's experienced enough. We'll come on to the transfer window because that was a, a massive letdown, I thought, um, in terms of not bringing any other defenders in. Um, and I think if we we go with what we've got, we we, we are going to be in trouble and we're going to be battling the relegation battle. There's no doubt about that. But it, I don't know. I'm just not ready to fully jump on board the demon gloom train, especially after sitting here a year ago 
feeling exactly the same thing. Curl out. And throwing <laughs> Harry Bales down blog. the West End. <laughs> exactly. Doing curl out blog, and yet he now is a champion, a people's champion is our curl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God bless his heart. I think you, you can't throw the normal stuff at him yesterday in terms of the style of play, because yesterday Harry Saturday, Bowen? so... Yeah, yeah, you can't throw your, you can't throw the eggs. You can throw your little jelly babies or whatever, but you can't throw Harry Bowen. Um, you can't throw your usual accusations of him that a we didn't try and win the game because we did. We were one all. We didn't sit back and try and hoof it. Like there was a much limited use of the of the long ball because of the personnel we used. I think it worked well. I thought players like Rocky Balboa need he he's the main drive attacking wise, and he can just produce something. He can't nothing that no one else probably can in the squad. There's positives, there's little positives, and it's hard to concentrate on those positives when we've come out of a defeat again and it's the fourth in a row. I think if this had been the first after a couple of wins, we might have been seeing it a different way around. But because it's the fourth in a row and we've just lost to Peterborough and all that kind of thing, it is that mm. kind of dragging down of, oh, here we go again kind of feeling. Um, so we, we, I think we just need that, that win to, to get the confidence back up again. <sighs> You've got to hope it comes on Tuesday, really. Can I just add in as well, I thought about this today when I was talking to one of my colleagues about football. When we played in League One um, last time we went up for the first season, after Wilder when we had Paige, we drew our first five games. So we had five points after five games. We've got four points after six games. There's not a lot of difference. And I know we... It's very difficult to analyse it, given that there's four years in between that. But we're we're not further away than what we were before. And I feel like there was less positivity that time around even though I think I think the difference is momentum so we had four draws that time we were also on a uh, well before the start of the season 30 game winning you know non undefeated run weren't we Mm. um you you know so there was momentum whereas there is no momentum at this point um Mm. because we've lost four that is the momentum is it's a negative momentum however the positives for me actually thinking about that game against Plymouth so there, there were a few um first of all like like Danny mentioned there was a definite change in style of football because we weren't going from back to front with the long ball as often they were more um there was more passing. I, I even saw a point where actually you wouldn't have been out of place to have put a couple of Olays in. I mean, it was only going back and forth between the back, back, you know, back three and, and a couple of the midfielders, but at least there was possession there for a short time. Um, then there was obviously Rocky Balboa's scored again. I mean, Neil, you said about how we've taken players that are from either you know, well, a lower division than what we're in now. Well, Ricky Corbeau has come from Carl Scholten from what, tier seven or whatever it is. And, you know, he seems to be okay. He He's can score in League One. So there's that as a positive. Um, other things that were positives for me were the fact that McWilliams looked like he was really, really good back from injury. That's a positive. And the other thing was actually that uh, towards the end, when I, I know it was one all when um, Ashley Seal came on and Caleb Chukwamaker came on as well, but those two looked a decent force to be reckoned with in the dying you know, moments of the game. You know, essentially Danny Rose has, has you know, worn down the, the back three or back four of uh, Plymouth and, and then you unleash... Ashley Seal and, and Chuck Wameka on onto them, then then you hopefully will 
create more. And we did create some. There was a chance where Caleb probably should have had a shot. And I think Keith Curl has even said that he should have shot or taken a player on and instead he passed it, which sort of lost momentum. So there were some positives, but I do see why the negatives kind of outweigh those positives at the moment. I mean, for me, going into Swindon on Tuesday night, I would it would it would be such a cobblers and Keith Curl thing to do to revert back to type, Harry Smith back up front and, you know, hoofball. Yeah. We're going to win it 1-0 on a dodgy (laughs) four-mile offside call like we did this time last year. And I will rejoice. Keith's already said, didn't he? I watched his interview today. He's saying the player, he was sat sat there before training uh, this morning doing this interview and he said, oh, the players in there don't know the system for Tuesday yet. They don't know who's playing and all that kind of thing. So um, he's leaving it quite late. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So if we don't know, then Swindon is surely not good. (laughs) I don't know. That's what's trying to work out. Negative for us. Well, that's what's wondering whether is it like should he have been? Well, he's obviously got a plan for different teams, but which is probably a good thing for us in terms of Swindon. Don't really know what to expect. If you know, if they've gone sent a scout down to Plymouth on Saturday, they might get. They're probably going. It's probably is more than likely going to unleash Harry Smith. I say unleash, but you know, (laughs) let him let him play. Unleash Harry Smith. Yeah, unleash Harry Smith. I mean, potentially Ashley Seal. I thought Ashley Seal was really good when he came on the other day. Mm. So that might be that. I would personally prefer to see Ashley Seal and Rose up front with uh, with Rocky behind them. That would be my, my go-to uh, front three. Your dream team. That's my dream team, yeah. Um, I think uh, we should uh, just go all out you, attack. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like four, it's not like they're, two, they're not four, the same four. Swindon as last year, are they? So, I mean, it's not like there's that, that, that kind of, oh, they're top of the league and they're on a really, really good run kind of thing to worry about they're, they are no, just another to, team that were promoted last. with us and you know they're, they're only what a couple of places above us so yeah, that's the last three games or something aren't they? we can't yeah, we yeah can't, it's brilliant we, we can't keep a green sheet though can we we can't so no, we're, we're, let's just go and score more than them <laughs> there's um oh, are we doing kevin keegan and star yeah, rules, keegan, yeah. On, just <laughs> chuck them all forward might as well keegan rules <laughs> so there's richie wellens has been linked to the sulfur job and he as well so that might be a bit of a really his odds were cut uh, from 19 to 1 to 5 to 1, apparently. Well, you saw we were Alex mm. Ferguson's, weren't they? Imagine. <laughs> <Were> they? <laughs> they genuinely Alex were, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Get it's him like in. resurrecting his career as a manager just to go and manage Salford. Yeah. It won't Gary Neville at right back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Paul Parker's assistant. Get him in. Andre Kuchelskis. Out of retirement. You've done it once. <laughs> oh dear brilliant right then um let's move away from the plymouth game because i can feel the negativity flowing um can we just finish on the fact that plymouth aren't very good even though they're beaters yeah Yeah, i was surprised at how bad they were not bad you know they were they were running the mill weren't they they weren't like distinctly average at best yeah, and I thought they'd be a lot better at kind of the pass and move stuff, but they seemed yeah. pretty um, cautious from what I saw. Yeah. Plymouth came up with us from like last season, didn't they? We played them last year, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. only once. Didn't we 4-1. 4-2, wasn't it? It was 4-1, wasn't it? Oh, 4-1, I don't know. It was one of those games that, that Keith Kell blew us away with actual football. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, we, I mean that yeah, as a but, compliment. Yeah, yeah, but what I mean is, is that, you know, Again, they're another side that that came up from League Two last season, and they weren't that much better than us. I mean, obviously they were; they were enough to beat us. But again, 
<laughs> there was nothing really there, was there? It wasn't like we played a Hull who or or a Posh who just never got out of first gear and could have always stepped it up. I think it had we actually, um, you know, scored when we were on top in those two periods. Like in the first half, we were on top for a little bit. And if we'd have scored then, I think it would have been a different game. And again, when it was one all, I mean, just before we equalised, um, Harriman had, had a peach of a chance, didn't he? That he fluffed completely and utterly in front of the goal. Um, but that was kind of the starting point that we then had a really nice little spell in the game where we were well on top. And yes, then Ricky did equalise in that, although it was slightly out of the blue. But then Benny Ashley Seal comes on, so does Caleb Chukwamaker, and and we looked like we were going to be the team, if, if one of the teams was going to go on and win it, it would be us. And then they got a corner. So that's kind of the way it is, which is disappointing, isn't it? It's just the fact that they weren't any better than us, really, and yet we've lost again. Good, I'm glad you all agree. I concur. <laughs> uh, right, other news then. Um, deadline day, Neil, uh, Danny, rather, I know that you want to talk about this. No <laughs> no reason for you to get your carrot out this year. No, there wasn't. It was desolate, wasn't it? I mean, they didn't start very well because James Hennigan tweeted something like, oh, don't worry, even if we don't sign anybody today, there's free agents and all that kind of thing. You kind of think <laughs> yeah. when that happens, you think, hold on, there's not a lot going to be happening. So it was uh, it was tumbleweed throughout the day. Um, and I was hugely disappointed not to get my carrot out at least once. Um, and it, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, Katie said that they were in for people, didn't he? But I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to come down to... Oh, I don't want to call it desperate, but free transfers now, which apparently there's more of this season, which makes sense. But how up to speed they're going to be? They're going to take till January probably to get ready, aren't they? Unless they've been <laughs> training with us. I mean, I suppose the one thing that you've got to look at is what happened last year with the likes of Harriman and Mark Marshall joining the club. You know, yeah, they they took the, their time, I think, to get actually up to, up to speed. I mean, we didn't think a lot of Harriman at first. Marshall took quite a while to get up to speed. Um, Paul Anderson. Paul I know, know not Neil's favourite footballer in the world ever, I know, but you he know, did the he job though last year, didn't he? Did a job, yeah. So I mean there are those people, there are those Someone types in. of players around. Alan McCormack. Alan McCormack. He was, he <laughs> no, he's pretty trapped. Um, back. I don't care. He could come on the pitch injured, he'd still do a good job. You tarnish Alan McCormack's name with a free transfer, Jeffy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it. free transfer, I'm saying buy him. You can break the rules. <laughs> okay. Uh, actually, that, that does actually go on to um, Ollie Yinka signed for Southend on loan. So that's uh, maybe somebody that we missed out on. I mean, it would have been nice to oh, have actually oh, seen him back. I thought he looked really good last season for us. Sure, we can't have missed out on him. But we, uh, surely if we go for him, then we get him. Surely if it's Southend, right? You'd yeah, think? but also as well, you say this about Morton and then look what happened there. Yeah, but I mean, it's slightly different, I think, in terms of yeah, I know, I mean, yeah. But... I know what you mean, Danny. You're 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 actually saying that rather than having missed out on them, we just never went back uh, in. No, we wouldn't have. Uh, no, and I, I'd imagine it's Arsenal looking for the best possible move for him. They think, oh, we tried League Two last season. We, you know, he was in and out. He was injured and stuff. Let's try him in League Two again. I think if we'd have put him, put ourselves forward, we would have presented mm. something to them and said, actually, let's give him a go in League One, and they would have accepted it. So, um, obviously, Alan's putting a big good name for him as well. Good word for him. 
yeah, I, I, mean, I genuinely think that's probably happened as well. He's probably looking and saying, "You need, you know, a, a nippy player, and and he'll do the job." You know, he'll he'll be running about be like a chicken. I can't be asked <laughs> to run around. Get <laughs> he can. Yeah, just the man. <laughs> Leading on from you know transfers and everything, Lloyd Jones was at the Plymouth game, according to his Instagram. Neil, I'm sure you will have an opinion on what that could possibly mean. Uh, God knows. Uh, apparently, I, I did read that he's from down that way, isn't he? Yeah, I think I saw that he he came through their youth team yeah. or something. So it, it might not be anything it, to read into it. Well, I've seen a few people. So I think, by the way, when he was with us last, it was last season, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not impressed with him at all. Didn't think he looked very good. Didn't think he had much to offer and stuff. I've seen a few people say differently, which is fine, obviously. Uh, he played about five minutes, didn't he? Yeah, minutes. but those five minutes were crap, weren't they? So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just it's like if you smacks to me that part. I think part of the problem as well is you get reeled in, don't you, by seeing different names mentioned from rumours and fans on Twitter or forums and stuff, and then when the reality signing is, and you're like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a Scott Wharton shaped uh, hole there, isn't there that's that was waiting to be grabbed out at the last minute. Um, that's that's exactly right, though, isn't it? Like if you look at the defence last season, Scott Wharton and Charlie Good, are any of the defenders this season better than either of those two? No, no, they're uh, nowhere near. No, they're not anywhere near. And is Lloyd Jones? Anywhere near either of those two? No. Is he anywhere near Jordan Turnbull even? Probably not, from what we've seen, or what I've seen mm. anyway. So it's just, it just smacks a little bit of, I don't know, short-sighted signing. Okay. And, and I'm loathe to hammer the recruitment, because the recruitment essentially has been pretty good, actually. Under the... Oh, well, can we, can we ju- if you're talking about good recruitment, can we just talk about Joe Nuttall? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we can't. <laughs> what, what a ridiculous situation that is. <laughs> so Joe Nuttall has gone back to Blackpool. Um, he's already injured. To... We find him. <laughs> he's had an operation on his knee, and he's gone oh, back to Blackpool yeah. for his recuperation. I don't know whether that means he's gone back to Blackpool, as in he's no longer our lonely player, but or Why whether it just means he's just going back to Blackpool to be recuperated. Why but... didn't we sign someone to replace him? <sighs> it's, you know what? It, in this day and age, you you would think not that. Um, with the COVID stuff going on, if you're making signings like Keith has, like has been really careful about signing people, has been really slow and steady about it. Do you sign someone with an injury on loan from a team in the same league? And I would personally, I'd wait to see what the next, I don't know, I'd wait to see what else we can get. Surely we can get something better than that, surely you would think. Like if there's any hint of an injury, you just say, no, let's move on. Surely there's players yeah. around that's, that's, I don't know, more useful than that. Get him I out. It's still quite funny. Get him, get oh, him out. Get like, him it's out. an absolute shambles. Get, you know what we should get, get in? Get um, Viviana Medema in. She'll score a few goals for us. What an absolute machine. Get her in. Oh, is that the, um, Ar- the Arsenal, Arsenal striker? Yeah, she's the first oh. um, first player to get she 50 goals in the WSL. She's, she's she? absolutely. She, she would fit in any any. You know, I don't want to sound like derogatory towards it, but she'd fit into most men's teams. I'm, I'm pretty pretty sure of it. She's, she'd she's, wipe the floor with our squad. Jeez, Louise. She really would. <laughs> um, but yeah, get get her in. Let's get anyone in. Get someone in on a free. Find out, lad. enough. I would take Malcolm Christie right now. Do you enjoy it's all cobblers to me? Do you want more cobblers related podcast content? 
and to feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Well, now you can. Sign up to support the podcast on Patreon. From as little as £2 per month, you'll receive access to additional content such as bonus podcasts, merchandise, tractor rides with Chessy, meetups, player Q&As, and you'll be supporting us to keep bringing you a weekly podcast about the biggest and best football team in the world of Northampton. Go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me right now. Tractor rides are only available on a first come first serve basis. No farm animals were harmed in the making of this advert, although Neil did get a splinter. Usually we would spend the second half of the pod looking ahead to the cobbler's next game, but that won't be happening anymore. It's not because of our game being on Tuesday night against Swindon, and that game may have already even happened by the time that you're listening to this. And it's got nothing to do with the earful that Plymouth fans gave us after last week when we used Chessie's quote from the pod as clickbait. Nope. The actual reason is hopefully a good one. After two years of bringing you a weekly podcast all about the Cobblers, we're expanding and we will be bringing you a second episode every Friday. This will be our preview show where Danny and I will be joined by a fan from the club of whoever the Cobblers are playing at the weekend. Our first preview show will be out on this Friday and we'll be joined by Charlton fan Lewis Mendes. So make sure you check that out in all the same places you find us normally on Friday. Okay, it's time for this. Postman Neil, Postman Neil, Postman Neil, and your letters of distaste and disgust. Yep, that's right. We're back with some more of your letters, tweets, emails, and... I don't know, carrier pigeon notes. Um, <laughs> Neil, what have you got for us this week, my friend? Uh, your dad is what I've got what? for you. Your dad, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Are you holding him hostage? What's going him, on? Yeah, I've got him locked up. <laughs> Until Gobblers win, I will not release him. <laughs> oh, yeah, for a while, then. He said on WhatsApp, your dad, me and him were having a good chat. Uh, oh, yeah. And he messaged me on WhatsApp uh, when we were dissecting the game. Uh, and he said it's still early on in the season and they've got to get used to playing with themselves. Um, <laughs> at which point I blocked him because <laughs> <laughs> I thought he took it too far. Um, you didn't need any of that filth. Is that what you were saying? Exactly, yes. Uh, clean on my WhatsApp. Um, no, he, he was making the point. Uh, I think your dad was making the point that he, it's the point we discussed earlier, isn't it? That they still need time to gel and get used to each other and you know get to understand each other and stuff, which... I guess is an argument, isn't it? Whether it's the right or wrong one, I'll let you decide, as is your dad. <laughs> um, dad, dad is generally speaking out of the two of us, um, the more sensible and the more laid back, and he will do a more wait and see thing. I think the only time that he has ever said that a manager should be sacked was if I'm, yeah, I, I think Gary Johnson. The only time, every other manager that we've ever had, he's always just kind of, in fact, no, there might be two actually. It might also be Jimmy Floyd, but most of the time he will always just be behind the manager fully. So yeah, I, I don't expect to um, uh, have anything but positivity usually coming out of my dad's messages to us or anything when he's talking about the cobblers. 
That was a big sigh. Sorry, 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 sorry. It was a fair sight. We also got Gareth on Twitter. I don't know if it was Gareth Wilshire or Gareth. It wasn't. Gareth Keenan. Uh, Gareth Gates. It's Gareth off of Gareth and Valerie, isn't it? Gareth I Sam- love Gareth off of Gareth and Valerie. Yeah. Oh, it's Can Gareth. Oh, it's the best Gareth, right? You best Gareth of all of them, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realise that. Come um, on, Gareth and Valerie. He was, he, well, he said, uh, what the hell was Arnold doing for Plymouth's second goal? Um, it's one problem having in the defence that can't cope with zonal marking. It's quite another having a keeper who comes for the ball and doesn't make it. In fact, he says he doesn't make it into even the same postcode area. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it. Which is fair. I, I think it was it, Arnold was at fault, potentially for both of them. He was all at sea, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I do think that it was Arnold for, for both. You could argue that Sean McWilliams was out of position for the first one. Um, but Surely Arnold should be saving both of them. Well, I say saving both of them, saving the first and then not flapping around like a pigeon midair for the second one. I think it's it's very difficult to be overcritical of um goalkeeping. It's very easy. I'll be honest with you. I think I find I've, it very I've said easy. That the to wrong way around, sorry. It's very easy <laughs> to be overcritical of, of keepers because when their mistakes are made, it's fairly glaring, isn't it? Whereas when you've got a defender or a midfielder, you've normally got somebody behind them trying to make amends, which isn't always successful with the cobblers. But, you know, Arnold, he's a bit marmite, isn't it? You either love him or you hate him. I think he's been really good. And, and you know, Sean, as you know, is, is a always mm. he's very critical and he does think that Arnold is the stronger I know we've lost him but um of of him and Dyke or now so you know I think it's unfortunate that he's made those two mistakes because I do think that he was being let down by defense in previous games um and I think maybe that we just need to give him a few weeks just to kind of settle because I think the others need to settle in front of him and that will help him because I don't think he's doing things wrong obviously he's made mistakes Saturday but that's quite rare I think for him to make glaring mistakes like that anyway I think he commands his box quite well good job the season hasn't started isn't it we've got time for him to settle (laughs) (laughs) he gives me a lot more confidence than Mitchell does though out of the two and that's the only two we've got oh yeah yeah Mitchell was Um, a bit yeah, and and Arnold did pull off a couple of good saves as well during the game, which you'll probably get missed. Um, but it, it, it's proven in that the goalkeepers wish you can't afford to to have them kind of flaps. And no. I, st- I still think is it's right that he's the he's the number one as such at the moment. Hmm. Uh, Shane Webster, Webster, also known as the drilling cobbler, I believe, because um, he likes to go drilling. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> he says uh, it's interesting I've seen lots of comments about our rubbish defending but for me a competent goalkeeping performance yesterday would have seen us get an easy clean sheet here's his theory you're ready for this he's got a theory okay I love, love a theory, theory. Right. oh my god jinx <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he says I play squash a miss hit always follows a miss hit so I reckon Arnold would have been expecting a powerful header at goal given he was unmarked it was a gentle header and it basically killed him he was positioned to expect a bullet and it just went in. Hard to explain, but whilst it looked a dead easy save, he was prepping himself up for something quick and powerful, but caught out, got caught out with the projection of the ball. Um, that is a long-winded way of Shane saying Arnold made a mess. <laughs> yeah, but he has got a point there. I, I, I'm with Shane on that. He has got a point, a really valid point, because it, it wasn't, wasn't, I don't think Arnold was expecting it to go where it went. 
So yes, Shane, you have a point. Well made. Excellent. I enjoyed that immensely. Yeah, me too. Shane. I don't yeah, know why I, I, I love the squash analogy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's get more, yeah. more of that. Eight more star, of that. Shane. You can have some Jeffy Stellin points for that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's Let's get got, some more. Uh, Let's get a tiddlywinks one. analogy next week, please. Tiddlywinks <laughs> Tiddlywinks. <laughs> right, guys. You could get a tiddlywinks okay. analogy in. Oh, yes. Well, somebody send us Skitt- one. Well, with Northamptonshire, surely it should be a Skittles analogy. Oh, or a yes. Conker tournament. Oh, yes. <laughs> Conkers. The pogs. Brilliant. We, my sisters <gasps> had to do that at school. What, a pog do, tournament? No, they had, to do, they had to do conquer tournaments every morning. Then they had to raise the Union Jack and milk the cows. <laughs> they, hold on. They did a conquer tournament every morning? Yeah, then they had to raise the Union Jack, sing the National what Anthem and milk the cows. Yeah, conquers, flag, National Anthem, staple. And cows. That's what they should do before um, every, <laughs> before every England match. Before they sing the National Anthem <laughs> when England play. Game of conquers. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, we've got a final one. Uh, is from... Uh, just tweet George on Twitter. Um, I absolutely love what Keith Curl has done up until this season for the Cobblers. But what will happen to him if we keep losing games? Isn't it four consecutive losses this season now? Um, it is four consecutive league losses, isn't it? And what will happen to him? I'd imagine not much because I don't think there's going to be any money even if we need to sack him. So I think that's it, actually, isn't it? I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think. I... I said to you on WhatsApp, Neil, about how I think I wonder how much Kelvin being in the USA and not here in in the UK, let alone in Northampton, to sort of witness it all firsthand will maybe actually save Keith or at least give him an extra few weeks. You can to still see it all the time. Get. I, I, yeah, I know you can still see it, but I, I just because you're not here, because you're not around it every single day, uh, then maybe I, that I just. It's way too early to be talking about that. Kind Absolutely, of thing, yeah. I, I think Keith, Keith has a good relationship with Keith. Keith yeah. Really likes Keith. Clearly, Keith really likes Keith. Did I say that? Kelvin, Keith, 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 Keith loves Keith. Yeah, <laughs> I think that, K. That, that Keith Curl has, has more than earned his his right to give League One a shot as Northampton Town Manager, and he's more than earned his right for the respect of the fans to give him that, give him at least at least ten to fifteen games. It's too early. Okay. I, 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 I actually think no matter what happens this season, we'll end up... He's not going to go anywhere unless we suddenly start losing every game 6-0. Um, mm. I just think, yeah. <laughs> cut, to, cut, cut to after Tuesday night. I oh, know, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I oh, dear. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I think it's way too early to even contemplate or be thinking about Keith Cole losing his job. Uh, and that's me as Mr Negative as well, by the way. So, do you, I, I mean, how long do you maybe give him if we are still losing. Who knows? It, that's down to the chairman, isn't it? It's and not my job. Yeah, yeah it's not our job. We're not privy to <clears throat> what the targets or what conversations they've had about this season. We're hmm. also not privy to maybe those conversations change slightly after you know the rules were changed about fans coming back in because potentially that maybe impacted the budget and mm-hmm. That's why we weren't as active in at the transfer deadline day because that, in essence, fans being allowed back in was put put on the back burner again, wasn't it? So that probably mm. impacted slightly. So you don't, you don't know what you know. They might well have said, "Look, let's give it a go this season. We go down, we go down. We'll just go. We'll go again next season." And so I don't Rob Page, crikey! <laughs> well, no, also, no, the problem no. is, then the problem is, you if you're down in a relegation battle um, and you're looking to bring in a new manager, you probably 
looking at someone like Keith Carlton <laughs> to come and save <laughs> you on your side. You might as well just stick with her. Um, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's way too early to be that kind yeah. of doom-mongering. Fair enough. So I'd say to just tweet George on Twitter and tell him to disagree. Just tweet the, the other thing that I will say just very quickly before we end is that if Keith, or I say if, if and when Keith leaves the Cobblers and stops being the manager of the football club, then absolutely everything infrastructure-wise that's been put in place will also be lost. So, you know, one of the things that, I know we've laughed a little bit about recruitment and not everybody's happy with the recruitment from um, this summer, this this preseason. However, in in terms of the fact that he has given us an identity and that's not just Keith on his own, that's Simon Tracy, obviously Dan Watson, Colin West, all of the whole sort of playing side backroom staff have just transformed the club from being what, was basically nothing under the last couple of managers. We had no identity, didn't know where we were going, what direction. It was all doom and gloom. And yet now there is at least something there that's good. And I, 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 I actually think that that will be a big, big loss if and when it, you know, the day comes where, you know, Keith Curl moves on, whether that's by his own choice or, or he's forced out the door I think at that point you will see that you know all of his backroom staff will go with him and that will include Simon Tracy and then what happens to the identity that we've worked so hard on we should that's also, my worry we should also never underestimate the huge issue that surrounds the budget given that we're in a pandemic at the moment and the issues that we may well have had if Keith didn't come in and get rid of that massive wage bill that we had around 18 months ago. So I think that is a massive saving grace that we should be very grateful for. And alongside your comment, Charles, I think it's spot on. Brilliant. Um, what can people do or how can people get in contact with us, Neil? Oh, yes, they can. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. So they can tweet us at cobblers to me Yep. They can also email us, can't they, Charles? They can. It's it's all cobblers at gmail.com. One day you'll remember. I can never remember the email. Yeah, we're also on Facebook. Just search It's All Cobblers to me. And yeah, we love hearing from you and your thoughts. Pose us a question like George has done or, um, you know, give us a, an analogy about tiddlywinks as Danny wishes you to do this week. Um, speaking of Danny, have you got time for a quick fantasy Premier League update from you, Danny? Oh. Go on then. Only because I've had a decent week this week, Charles. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. Damn. <clears throat> yeah. Captain Sir Harold of the Cane. Uh, oh, little, oh, I, I'll be honest. A little, little, little sun in. A little bit of sun. That was enjoyable. Um, but uh, JJ Stevenson still leading the league. He's still like nearly 100 points ahead of his closest challenger. Uh, he's got 66 points this week. Um, uh, I've moved up to 15th, which I'm quite happy with. Um, where's everyone else? Keep going down. Oh, Neil, 29th, Neil. 78 points this week, Neil. 78 Oh, 80. Have you got a couple tonight, have you? As we speak. Oh, 86 you're on now, yeah. 86, go on. Yeah. That's as long as they keep a clean sheet, which is still going on. Um, let's keep on going all the way down. It might take me a while. Hold on. Uh, Wurzel United. (laughs) Wurzel United. No, 39th. You're out of the relegation zone. 
Hey, I mean, I haven't uh, got a clue what I'm doing, lads. Let's be honest. I mean, well, it's sometimes that helps, to be honest. My, <laughs> my, uh, uh, I do want to uh, come to uh, come to Charles. He's in 41st out of 43. Charles, um, a bit of a questionable uh, lineup. Uh, Victor Lindelof in your team, Charles. Do you want to explain that one quickly? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go. We're going to go. Can't explain <laughs> it. <laughs> no, normally he wouldn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't explain it. Anyway. Uh, Wild uh, card has been played this week. Okay. Yeah, uh, Jeffy's actually gone one better than Captain David McGoldrick uh, this week. I oh, love brilliant. David McGoldrick. <laughs> I absolutely love David McGoldrick. Ace captain. Love that. Don't take no rubbish. Hello, chat. Um, and I'm going to mention the uh, bottom place team in the league. Haven't a Kalu, and that's our friend Ben Rigdon. Hello. Oh, dear. <laughs> My friend and yours, Ben Rigdon, right at the bottom. Long may that continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, Danny, you're going to get some abuse on Twitter later. Um, brilliant. Oh, yeah. That's it for this episode of It's All Cobblers to Me. Make sure to join us again on Friday for the first Cobblers to Me preview show. And don't forget that if you're a Patreon supporter, you can join us for our October get together this Wednesday night on Zoom. As always, if you like the podcast, then please do go and leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called. In fact, why not go and do it right now? Go on, it'll make you feel good. Thanks for listening. Bye, Ash. Bye, Johnny. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.